0: In an overcrowded graveyard, the scream will rise. The Ghoulmates presents Not Another Spooky Podcast. Happy New Year, Ghoulmates! Welcome back to Not Another Spooky Podcast, where I'm your ghost hostess Mandy Spooks and you, my listeners and community are the co-host. On this show, we fan over spooky pop culture and learn from it too. If you have always loved Halloween, horror, true crime, ghosts, or basically anything spooky, then you have found your spooky oasis. I hope you all had a magical holiday season and are feeling spectacular and optimistic about 2023. Today, we're going to grave dig into how to keep the spook alive through January, featuring my spooky suggestions as usual. We'll cover my bloody binge-worthy notes on The Vampire Diaries Season 5, and of course, because this is where I feel the most intimate with you ghouls, talk about where my head is at after I dropped the bomb that we are ending TGM on YouTube a couple weeks ago. So on that note, let's get into some news and updates. Haunted house So, in case you were caught up in all the holiday chaos and haven't had a chance to catch up with the Ghoulmates and Mandy Spooks, I did make a major announcement on the Ghoulmates YouTube channel. I feel really good about what I said, and I don't feel like I need to revisit it too much further. I will place the link in the show notes in case you want to watch it and haven't had a chance to yet. But the gist of it was that we have made the decision to transition the Ghoulmates YouTube channel into a Mandy Spooks channel and officially close this chapter of the Ghoulmates. So as of now, you can now find our channel under the name Mandy Spooks. Regarding the podcast, you will notice that the intro still says the Ghoulmates Presents, not another spooky podcast. And that is staying for now because our hope is to one day still have a production company called the Ghoulmates. But what I really wanted to discuss regarding this topic was just the overwhelming amount of support I wasn't expecting to receive after sharing this video. To be honest, I have never been so nervous after hitting publish on a video before. Like, yes, I get nervous. Like, oh, my God, is it going to flop? Like, no one's going to watch it. But this was a whole other kind of nerves. Like, I was just ready for all of you guys to come for me and unsubscribe, which I was Fully ready to accept, understanding that the change was obviously going to upset some people, but I was just honestly so overwhelmed to find so much support instead of negativity. Um, so to be honest, um, I received so many actual text messages from people who kn- who know me in real life, to DMs from so many of you, and comments. It was just so overwhelmingly sweet and not what I expected at all. And there were two major takeaways. One is that a surprisingly large amount of you feel the same way I do and feel ready to not celebrate Halloween so heavily every day. And I mentioned this on Instagram slightly, but the second takeaway was that a lot of you appeared to have automatically felt that transition applied to this podcast as well because so many of your responses were not spooky this time. So I did a poll and asked how many of you want non-spooky pop culture coverage on the podcast and 43% of you said yes and Only 17% of you said, no, keep it spooky all the time, and 39% of you said, sometimes. So that means the majority of you wanted some level of non-spooky, and I was truly surprised that only less than 20% of you said to keep it spooky all the time. So here's what I'm thinking. I love that you all are on the same page as me and want variety, but I genuinely created this show specifically to fangool over the spooky pop culture that society normally doesn't like, whether it's too alternative or not horror enough for the cool kids. You know what I mean? Like this is a guilty pleasure spooky zone for me, at least. I appreciate the support to change things up so much, which is, again, something I never even dreamed of because I've changed things so much throughout my entire journey that I figured you guys are sick of changes by now. So ultimately what I've decided is to err on the side of sometimes response to that poll. 100% will always mention your non-spooky responses if they're relevant to what I'm sharing because more times than not our entire community is usually on the same page and you all are half of the writers of this show so just as much as I am. And maybe when the spooky inspiration genuinely isn't there, I can add in a little normie pop culture to spice things up. So on that note, I figured I'd share this little idea that's been brewing in my brain. It's really random. I don't even know why I'm sharing it at this point. But um, I feel like a hot chick episode com- is coming this summer, maybe, because every time I jokingly quote it on my Instagram stories, you know, the quote, it's me, Jessica, Jessica. <laughs> So many of you respond like every single time I do it, a different set of you respond to me. And I mean, the movie's about a curse, so I think it counts as spooky pop culture. But I feel like that might be kind of like the route I want to explore occasionally when the like spook, like truly spooky, just isn't the vibe I'm feeling those days, you know? So I really love that you all are open and flexible to me incorporating some new things to this new era of Mandy Spooks and not another spooky podcast. Um, For today's episode, I did air more on the spooky side because I truly was not anticipating going the other direction, but it's definitely something that I want to keep in mind and in consideration. So please continue to be honest in your responses. I apologize if I didn't cover all of your non-spooky answers in this episode, but I'm just still trying to work through like, how is this going to look for the future of the podcast? Because I wasn't anticipating this request from you guys it's it's exciting but also I want to make sure I I maintain the integrity of the show because for me it truly was always supposed to be a spooky oasis so I don't know maybe as you all start to see what's coming to the YouTube channel as well it'll kind of help you feel that you under have a better understanding of like where you can go to what platform for what content from me. Because for me, like this new era is supposed to be more like a Mandy Spooks universe where I'm sharing like my entire world with you guys versus like a curated Halloween spooky centric world. So I don't know, lots of exciting things to come. And I still have more to share on that probably throughout the show. Let's see what else. Um, I guess my last note was... Not to worry if you're craving the non-spooky content. I, I just mentioned that, but... There is a lot of stuff coming to the YouTube channel. I have a non-spooky New Year themed video coming to the channel in the next week. I actually decided to use some of your New Year co-host submissions in that video instead. So you'll want to keep your eyes out for that. And again, if you've missed it, I did my first Vlogmas episode about being stranded in Denver through the holidays. And the second part is coming up this week. So I think you can already kind of see that there is going to be some more I guess, authentic variety versus like forced authentic or like just completely switching gears because my life is still spooky and that's always going to naturally come out. Um, And I think that about covers our haunted housekeeping. Uh, Before we jump into all the new year talk, I thought we could share a cup of brew and talk about how I've been keeping the spook alive. Haunted housekeeping. Okay, so this morning I found out that Dutch Bros has released their white chocolate lavender cold brew and my heart nearly cried because I'm trying not to drink so much sugar these days, um, so instead I opted for trying an alternative at home As again. I know you guys remember when I talked about the pumpkin spice latte, so I have a honey lavender tea from, I think it's called, I, let me see if it says it on the label here. From that Yogi brand, very common, easy to find like at Target, Walmart. Um, So it's lavender honey. And then I added some blueberry lavender oat milk from Trader Joe's. And it's an absolute vibe. Uh, Trust me, I know it does not taste like the Dutch Rose drink, but it's it's a good alternative. And lavender is one of those things that I originally got into because, well, It's purple, (laughs) but I actually really do love the flavor. I'll never forget when we went on our honeymoon to Disneyland, they had some temporary like lavender rose latte or something at the Beauty and the Beast Tavern place. Sorry, I'm not a fortunate soul that knows the parks uh, by heart, so I don't really know the name of the place, but it's the Beauty and the the Beast place. Um, But it was probably the best drink I've ever had, and I'll probably never be able to recreate it. So if you haven't tried it, try some lavender in your next brew and send me a picture, tag me, let me know how it goes. Okay, so... I realize I said I didn't have anything else to say regarding my announcement like literally less than two minutes ago, but I'm realizing I think one of the comments I've been receiving is actually a really important topic to cover in this segment specifically because keeping the spook alive is still very much a part of my brand and who I am. So while 95% of your responses have been very positive there are also a few people who of course still feel they need to defend what Halloween everyday means to them or that spooky is still Halloween and I I just want to take a second to say that first of all I absolutely never said you're wrong if you identify with one or the other in fact I was really happy to see so many of you are still using your Halloween mashup holiday terms with me in your responses because that was 100% my intention. I want all of you to live authentically and if that means Halloween every day, then I want you to embrace it. For me, a Halloween lifestyle is very decor centric versus content centric. And while I have opted to keep my love pain, and stitches bags, I'm just not a pumpkin's everyday kind of gal. I don't like orange. I absolutely hate hunting. It's honestly exhausting as a creator. I just, I don't know. The magic just isn't there for me every day anymore. And I'm not saying I will never do any of those things again, but I just need a break from it. And I want to feel excited when spooky season rolls around again. And I don't think that that means that I don't authentically love it. I just think it means that... I don't know. If you have something every day, you lose the magic of it. And I want the magic back personally. I still want to celebrate the halfway to Halloween milestone because it's a big deal to be halfway to my favorite time of year. But my personal true passion is keeping the spook alive. So what does keeping the spook alive mean? To me, it means indulging in pop culture that normally doesn't appeal to the masses. It means darker goth aesthetics like bats and spiderwebs, monsters, monsters. Movies, TV, books. I mean, really anything that makes your spooky heart flutter. And for some, it, it means true crime or horror movies. And yes, even Halloween lifestylers. And a big part of keeping the spook alive is paranormal content, which I know you all want from me so badly, but it's honestly so hard to get good stories and watching paranormal content Also terrifies me. So what I'm getting at is there are so many ways to keep the spook alive. And I still encourage all of you to live your most authentic version of spook, whether it's Halloween, spooky pop culture like me or super scary things like paranormal and demons and just like really scary things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now that that rant is over, how have I been keeping the spook alive through all these crazy announcements I was worried I hadn't, but once I sat down and thought about it, ghouls, I have been indulging in a lot of spooky content, so I finally crossed a spooky Christmas movie off my list that I've been wanting to watch since 2020, and that was The Munster's Scary Little Christmas. Ghouls, this movie was so good, and I highly recommend it for next holiday season. It doesn't even have the original actors, and it's in color, but it was done really well, and after watching it, I told Rudy that I I think I better understood why... The Rob Zombie movie got it so wrong compared to the originals. So I don't know. I, I just recommend it. I think now would still be a good time to watch it before like mid January if you're not in the Christmas mood anymore, you know? Anyway, we also watched um, Glass Onion, the sequel to Knives Out, and I really enjoyed it. It's not a very seasonal watch. Like, I'm not sure why it was released in December because it's definitely more of a summer movie, but I really enjoyed it and I recommend it. Um, we've also been catching up on the TV show Ghosts on Paramount+. Plus. That show is one of those that I have to be in the right mood to watch it in, but once I'm in the right mood, I really enjoy it. So I don't know, still err on the side of recommending that show if you're looking for something not so serious on the paranormal side. I also finished reading I'm in Love with Mothman, which I highly recommend. I'll talk about it a little bit more later in the episode. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I did besides watch TV and read, but honestly, that's about it. It's just been a lot of resting and enjoying everything I don't normally have time for when I'm working and going 300 miles per hour with everything. So I've also cooked a lot. Um, I don't know, just kind of taking things slow before I know I'm going into like new goals in my work life, as well as with like Mandy Spooks, just like the calm before, the passionate storm. (laughs) I did also want to give one final shout out to my spooky Christmas tree. Despite all this Halloween versus spooky madness, I realized my spooky tree brought me so much freaking joy these past couple of months. I actually thought this was going to be the last year that I did my spooky tree, but I don't know. Maybe I'll upgrade it somehow, but it wouldn't be a Mandy Spooks tree without some spooks. So maybe that'll be a fun project for next year that we can work on together. I don't know. But while we are finishing up all of the Christmas talk, my ghoul, Laylik asked if I could talk about my fur babies. She asked, are you one of those pet parents who do presents for your pups and advent calendars for your pups? I'm that mom, so I was wondering how you are, end quote. This is such a good question. To be honest, I used to be that kind of dog mom, and I feel guilty for saying I'm not anymore, but... Bruce actually has, like, so many stomach problems. Um, I actually think I want to do a YouTube video about, like, my journey with um, adopting. Oh, my gosh, I'm at a loss for words. (laughs) I want to do a story about the journey of adopting dogs that aren't the perfect animal and, like, how to get through that and just sharing what we've experienced. Anyway, I'm going off topic, but what I'm trying to say is Bruce is very difficult to care for in the sense that he has long-term stomach problems. So we have to be very careful with what treats we give him, which make it really hard to like celebrate things just because a lot of like the cutesy stuff that I want to get him is not necessarily the best for his stomach. So because of that, Lolo also suffers the consequences because we don't want her enjoying things that Bruce can't have too. you know, we got to be fair. So As far as treats go, things are super bland and consistent with the dogs. As far as the gifts go, I feel bad saying this too, but usually we're always traveling during the holidays. So we don't tend to really get them gifts. Like if anything, we get them around the new year. We always get them like new things they need. Um, So we actually just finished buying them um, like new winter boots. We got them some new like training treats. What else did we get them? Um we also got them some like CBD treats and oils that we want to try with them to see if it helps with their anxiety. And I know we got them something else but I forgot what. And of course we just finished buying them like new winter coats as well so they're just kind of like spoiled year round and there are random days when we're like, "Oh, let's get them like a new little onesie or something because Lolo loves to dress up like when she sees clothes and she's dressed she knows that she's loved I know it sounds crazy but before we had Bruce before we got Bruce not had um we used to dress her up all the time and we tried turning her into a pup fluencer so I think that when she gets dressed she remembers those days and she feels like she's loved I know that sounds psycho but it's just mama's intuition (laughs) so yeah sorry to disappoint not necessarily a like seasonal gifting thing just like always spoiling pretty much okay and before we get into all the new year talk our co-host essie zoon asked if i could do a top five of my 2022 spooky highlights so i thought that would make a fun quick list to draw up for you ghouls before we get into all the fun new stuff so honestly 2022 was such a big year for my spooky heart it's pretty hard to just pick five despite like all of the heartache i've shared recently Definitely would have not been as happy as I could have been without all of these things. So I'm going to start with a wild card honorable mention that nobody would expect. So I think the most unexpected thing that I enjoyed in 2022 was the Monster High movie. I think it was on Paramount. It was either on Paramount or Peacock, but I was not into the vibes when I saw the trailer. I got really excited when I saw the... um, when I heard that it was going to be a thing and then I think I shared on the podcast when I saw the trailer I was like "Ugh, not my vibe but I think I was like randomly tired or bored one day so I put it on and I loved it so much I kind of regret not doing an episode on it when it did come out because it was just one of those things that like didn't have high expectations for and it just gave me like all the spooky girly vibes I don't know I could talk about it all day honestly but moving on to my official list I'm gonna go in order from like I guess least worse to best, but obviously not worse at all. I guess good to better. So number five is going to be an experience. So Rudy and I spontaneously went to a local haunt here in Denver at the Ranky Brothers store. And I think their haunt is called like the Haunted Mansion or something. And this ended up happening. Oh, my God. I just realized one of my other top events was on the same night as this. So maybe it was like a whole night. Oh. Oh my gosh, I'm going crazy. We're going to stick to the list because it was a separate event. Okay, so yes, this haunted house was totally random because we were in the area unexpectedly. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the story that I've been wanting to stop at that Hauntingly Cute Mom had recommended. So we stopped by and we weren't going to do the haunt, but something in us was just like, this story is so cool. We want to see what this haunt has to offer. So we did it and it was like before um you know that like crazy time during Halloween when like everyone starts going to haunted houses and the lines are long it was before that so we decided to do it to take advantage and it ended up being like a really fun scary experience because we were like the only ones going through the haunt so they were able to I guess like focus on just scaring us and then the idea of knowing we were in there alone made it spookier so that was really fun and honestly a really good haunt considering it was just like a local store doing it. So I highly recommend it if you're in the Denver area. And then number four, I think you guys are going to come for me for making this not higher on the list, but for me, four would be the Wednesday show. I think that I really loved this show, but I kind of like expected to love it. If that makes sense. Like I knew it was going to be good. Um, Maybe I didn't expect it to resonate so much. Like, At a Latina level that it did but I would say it was amazing I loved it but it wasn't like my top ones and we'll and I'll share why so number three was the other event I attended the night of the haunted house which was the magic of the jack-o'-lanterns that is another local event and that event also surprised me I think a lot of these top moments come from like having not high expectations for something so I've gone to so many Halloween events in the past three years. I'm truly hashtag blessed. <laughs> but for reals, I'm very genuinely grateful for all of the opportunities I've had with the ghoulmates. And basically, its I sound like a snob saying this, but it's pretty hard to surprise me when it comes to a Halloween event now, especially after going to events in L.A. that were literally like Hollywood level productions, right? So for me, going to Magic of the Jack-O-Lanterns was a really big surprise because I didn't expect that outside of L.A. So it was like a huge area filled with, I think, thousands of Jack-O-Lanterns that were carved in different themes. I shared pictures of this on Instagram throughout the month, I believe, as well. And it was just like a perfect culmination of a lot of things happening. Like it was the first cold front Denver had. So it was like cozy. It was just very magical and probably one of the events that I will for sure do again number two is the creation of spookworm club not in the sense that like oh I created another thing but more in the sense of just like the joy and happiness reading books gave me two specifically were long live the pumpkin queen and pumpkin heads and you guys know this because I never shut up about them But those two books were kind of like what reminded me why I love Halloween and how I didn't feel that magic anymore until I read those books again. And it reminded me of the magic and just I hope that makes sense. Like, I think those two books were kind of like the reawakening of Mandy Spooks, realizing like this magic from these books has been missing in my life because it's become mundane from how every day it is, if that makes sense. So I just feel like I think I read Pumpkin Heads first and I remember like opening it and literally like sitting on the side of the bed on the floor because I just couldn't move after I started it. And I just felt like I was, I don't know, like mesmerized and, and encapsulated in that moment. And I felt like the room around me transform and I had not felt that way when reading or about Halloween in so many years. And it was just one of those like aha moments, like I need more of this in my life. And so the logo of Spookworm Club was really just like a graphic version coming to life of like how I felt in the moment reading these two books in particular. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to get off of that rant now. And then my number one moment, I know a lot of you are going to be disappointed that this was number one for me, but for me it was Hocus Pocus 2 because it was unexpected that I was going to love it the way that I did honestly. I'm really surprised that I haven't revisited watching it again since spooky season or since I did the episode on it. But this movie was just again one of those things that like reminded me why I love Halloween, why I'm Mandy Spooks. And so it was just it was like I've said this before and I've used this term so much the past few few months. But like Genuinely, I felt that it wrapped Winifred and the Sanderson sisters' stories with a beautiful bow for me. I felt closure and it was just, I don't know, maybe the closure of that movie led to me feeling like I need closure in other things when it comes to Halloween. And that's what sparked all of these transitions. But I don't know, that movie just meant a lot more to me than I expected it would. So that's my wrap my recap of spooky highlights in 2022 if you want to keep up with how i'm keeping the spook alive every day you can follow me on instagram youtube and tiktok at mandy spooks now that we are all caught up let's get into mandy's spooky suggestions oh, Okay, ghouls. So first up in Mandy's spooky suggestions is our watch list, including content you can fan ghoul over immediately and also premieres you can look out for. To be completely honest with you, ghouls, as we just mentioned, 2022 was a big year. So I feel a little underwhelmed with the limited options coming up in January, but I'm hopeful it'll pick up again in a few months. So let's start off with the premieres. Kate waters and Linda Audrey mentioned that they're looking forward to this one as well. And it is Megan. You guys are sure to have seen the trailer or promotions of it since spooky season, which was quite impressive for me. The IMDb summary of the movie reads a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. Um, This movie is screaming Chucky vibes, but make it a girl to me, honestly. Um, I don't know. I guess the best way I could describe it is like from what I've seen the promotion for it, it feels like Chucky, but make him a girl and make her like. A TikTok because of her dancing in the trailer, if that makes sense. But I might still watch it because I know Rudy is really excited about it as well. Um, so that movie is hitting theaters on January 6th. And then a major shout out to Yana Loves Michie for basically saving this list from having just one thing on it. She shared with me that the Anne Rice's Mayfair Witches series is coming to AMC, and the IMDB summary reads follows a neurosurgeon who discovers that she is the unlikely heir to a family of witches she must contend with a sinister presence that has haunted her family for generations end quote um i'm not gonna lie this one looks good i don't even think i have access to amc so i'm gonna need to figure out how i can watch this series because it looks like it's going to be a good one uh and it premieres on january 8th i cannot believe i'm reading 2023 on so many things now Okay, and then lastly, we have the super popular horror video game, The Last of Us, hitting HBO Max as a new TV series. The IMDb summary reads, Joel and Ellie, a pair connected through the harshness of the world they live in, are forced to endure brutal circumstances and ruthless killers on a trek across post-pandemic America. And this one premieres on Sunday, January 15th. I might tune into that one as well. And unfortunately, that is all I've got for you for as far as spooky premieres go for this month. A few of you mentioned premieres you're looking forward to this year, but my goal is to always mention the upcoming month's premiere to keep, keep um, I guess, to like have a radar for you guys on the first of the month episodes, if that makes sense. So as far as content you can rewatch this month, surprisingly, I'm not a huge fan of The Shining, but I feel like January is the perfect time to watch it because it's got the snow wintry vibes with lots of blood and horror. So it's just it's just like a spooky winter watch. And it's perfect in these like really cold winter month in this really cold winter month. I feel like January is usually like the coldest, but I could be wrong because I'm new to all of this exciting weather. (laughs) Okay, and then a mega favorite in the community is for sure Crimson Peak. I mean, talk about winter vibes and Spooktacular Magic. If you have not seen it, it is definitely a must watch for you. And then the Tim Burton Batman movies are also an awesome watch in these early January days if you still want hints of Christmas and spooky pop culture and winter vibes I don't know it's just a really fun vibe and if you don't already know this I am a huge Batman fan so like Tim Burton and Batman combined are like the ultimate spooky vibes for me and while we are at it on this whole not always spooky adventure I'm going to go more on the kids magical side and also say Frozen and Chronicles of Narnia are amazing winter watches too I said what I said but hey there's magic in them so they're technically spooky And then we also have some additional spooky suggestions from your fellow ghouls. Um, Hello Sparkle said, I'm really bad about rewatching Gilmore Girls. So the winter and fall episodes are definitely my favorite during the winter. End quote. I mean, honestly, I think we all agree on that. We've covered (laughs) this. Uh, So if you haven't had a chance, you can catch my Gilmore Girls episode where I get into the nitty gritty of Gilmore Girls being the ultimate fall and winter watch. Too fond of books said, I really enjoyed the movie Violent Night. End quote. Okay. So I have thoughts on this. Um, Rudy and I actually rented this on like an actual winter storm night the last week. You can hear more about it in my most recent vlog again. Um, but I did I ended up not mentioning like what I thought about the movie or even sharing that it was like part of keeping the spook alive because I was honestly actually really. Disappointed with this movie. I had very high hopes for it. We paid $20 to rent it, and I think I'm more upset that I paid $20 to rent it than actually like disliking the movie, if that makes sense. I just felt that the movie wasn't worth the $20. So I do recommend watching it. I do think it is more of a Christmas movie for sure, but. I don't know. I also don't want anyone to not watch it because I realized that I might not have the same taste because two fond of books really enjoyed it. Um, so I don't know. I guess I need like more insight on how you guys feel on that movie because I was actually just really disappointed with it. I felt the like last 30 minutes of it were really good, but it just felt really slow and not what I expected. And then Wildrose01 said, in our home during winter, we mostly listen to Frank Sinatra, end quote. Ooh i can totally see this because rudy has been in the mood for listening to oldies since it has started snowing so i get that and also for a second i was thinking like oh my god should i start covering music on this too but i think that's definitely something i plan to take to the youtube channel and then there she glows again said i love watching travel cooking shows around the new year it inspires me end quote oh that is so cute and such a great idea It makes sense, honestly, because this was the time I felt the most into cooking, just like slowing down, enjoying it. So I can see that. I get it. And then... Moving along, let's get into some quick spooky suggestions for our spookworms. One of the extensions of Not Another Spooky Podcast is the Spookworm Club, which is a book club for spooky following lovers. There is no reading along required, but you can follow along with my current reads on my Instagram at mandyspooks. So I already said this at the beginning, but I can't recommend this book enough. I'm in love with Mothman by Paige Lavoie. It's so good. I'm telling you guys, this series is going to blow up. Like, trust me, it's like Twilight meets Emily in Paris meets Fifty Shades of Grey. And if that's not the best pitch you've ever read, I don't know what is, honestly. (laughs) And on the opposite end of that, I also read The Visitor, which is a super quick read about aliens on Christmas. This is the first horror novel I have really enjoyed. I read Mexican Gothic last year and I was really disappointed in that book and thought maybe horror just isn't for me. But I want to continue growing as a reader. So I gave this one a try because it was also from a Latinx author and the cover art really intrigued me. So I thought, why not? I'm not going to lie, call me basic, but I was missing the love elements in this story, but I still really enjoyed it, and I think horror readers would probably enjoy it very much. If you've ever wanted to kind of, like, explore horror, I think this is a really good start because it's short, fast-paced, and not, like, extremely scary. It's just more on the, like bloody side to be honest. It's meant to be a Christmas read but I honestly think it makes a really great snow day read and that's when I finished it so I don't know. <laughs> and next we have some spooky suggestions from our fellow spookworms. Okay this is actually really funny. I have been torturing myself recently because I had started A Court of Thorns and Roses a few months ago and couldn't get into it but it's blowing up everywhere so I'm getting FOMO and SE Zune and Danielle Gieman for talking. Ah, Danielle Kim Photography, sorry about that, recommended this series as a winter read. So I don't know. I might try it again. Would this maybe be a good attempt to get us all to read one thing together? I don't know, because I feel like it's a very big book club book right now. So maybe (laughs) our spooky librarian, Poppy, a.k.a. Halloween is my happy place. Also recommended The Witch of Will Hall by... Wait, sorry, I think that was a typo. It's supposed to be The Witch of Willow Hall by... Ooh, I didn't even write out the the name by Hester Fox. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, and then let's see what else. Our Spookworm Two Fauna Books is also looking forward to the new release by Grady Hendrix called How to Sell a Haunted House. And my ghoul, Lalic, mentioned she is hooked. Like, I mean hooked. She is obsessed with it, on the Skyward series, which I believe is themed around aliens as well. Guys, hear me out. You know how I was right on point with vampires trending in 2022? I am calling it now. I think aliens are going to be the trend in 2023. I can feel it. And I'm also here for it, to be honest. It'll be a very fun summer of aliens. So... Just warning you it's happening. Anyway, next we have some notes on how you all plan to keep the spook alive this next year. Maybe it will give you some spooky inspiration. And I will, of course, share my last suggestions I have that might not get mentioned. Life on a Caravan said a black lipstick, end quote. Uh, Yeah, Anel loves her black lipstick. I believe that she had mentioned she was hoping Wednesday would wear black lipstick as well. Linda Audrey said, getting a tattoo of a raven mummy, end quote. Oh, that is a good one. That sounds so exciting. I hope it goes well. Loving Mally said, finally going to see the Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion overlay, end quote. Okay, guys, when I read this one, I panicked and I was like, oh my God, what major spooky spooky news have I missed? Because I was convinced there was like some kind of like movie out or I don't know what it could have been, but my mind... Raced and I confirmed, and she actually meant the ride um, at Disney World, which is the Nightmare Before Christmas version of Haunted Mansion. And I can't believe you have not seen this yet. So I'm so excited for you, and I hope you have so much fun because it's one of my favorites. Yana uh, loves Mitchy said, "Getting ready for Halloween, crafting, LOL." End quote. Okay, yes, this is such a good one. I think in general, I feel like I need to remind you guys. Months in advance that like now is the time to start planning for Halloween crafting because it sneaks up on you. And before you know it, you're like behind on everything. So I love this tip and I'm so glad you mentioned it, Yana. Uh, Lelik said Christmas decor comes down after three Kings Day and most of my spooky decor goes back up. End quote. Yes. OK, so I actually did a poll on like when the appropriate time to stop covering Christmas content is for all you ghouls and the majority of you agreed that January 6th was the last day and that's when Christmas is over so I think that's kind of like the rule I'm gonna abide by just to make sure that content remains relevant and seasonal for you guys now and then hauntingly cute mom said wearing spooky clothes making spooky art watching spooky shows and movies end quote and across the board a few of you mentioned this as well so I think In general, everyone's feeling very great about keeping it spooky this January. Some of my suggestions are, I guess, more on the, I don't know, (laughs) generic but not so generic side because they're spooky. But I say making a list of spooky content is so important. Like, In this downtime I think a lot of us start to feel like between January and May specifically because May is when it's like the halfway point so we all get excited again but I think it's very easy between January and May to get down on like missing spooky season so a really good way to counteract that is kind of like planning ahead and using this time to really like plan for a magical spooky season if that makes sense. So, like, I know Monica, I don't know when she does this, but I know she has, like, a 31 days of horror movies that she watches on October or in October. I've never asked when she puts that list together, but now is, like, a great time to start putting together a list of, like, movies and TV that you really want to watch that you've never seen before. And maybe using the entire year to tackle it to kind of, like, keep the spook alive. And then another thing, too, is starting a spooky season like bucket list if that makes sense because spooky season is overwhelming guys because there's so much to cover in an extremely limited time for people who love the spook that we do so like anything from like um, pumpkin patches to haunted houses to like hol- like actual Halloween events um, cider tastings like there are so many things like start making your list now researching like the best places to go for each of those in your area And, like, also a budget is so important. Like, you could start figuring out, like, oh, I'm going to need... $500 for spooky season so I could start saving like 20 every week or whatever it is you know like I'm just throwing random numbers out there but I think it's such a great time to really plan the spook out so that a it doesn't bankrupt you and b you can feel confident that like you chose the right things if that makes sense this year for me was like a try everything I possibly can because it was my first time in Denver and I think like for next year I already know which things I will for sure do again, like magic of the jack-o'-lanterns, and then which things are like, eh, I might alternate this with like a different farm every other year, you know? Okay. And then another one too is to plan a spooky trip. And listen, when I say this, this does not need to be a big extravagant, like I'm going to Salem or I'm going to LA, any of that. Like I'm thinking, I'm trying to find the right words for this. In the past, I have gotten a lot of comments, both when I lived in Arizona and now in Denver, of people saying like, oh, I wish I lived there. There's nothing to do in my city. I promise you there is something spooky to do no matter where you live. And this is how I know it. Because when we started doing the Haunted Ever After series, I started doing so much research in Arizona. And that was when I found out there were so many spooky things in Phoenix. So I encourage you to do some history, some, not some history, some research in your area. So like, for example, I know this because I've lived there my whole life, but like El Paso is a place that probably most people would say like there is nothing spooky to do in El Paso. Think again, El Paso has some really, really spooky haunted haunted happenings going on I should say or stories so there is El Paso High School where there is like a very popular story about a I believe cheerleader who committed suicide there and still is there oh my god that would be such a great story to share with you guys but anyway I'm sure that they do events at the school sometimes there's also a cemetery that is very spooky and they have like actual haunted tours there So like anywhere you live is bound to have like some haunted history. So if you just research like haunted history with plus your city name, you'll start to find like spooky places with history there. And usually people love to make money off of that. So they will host actual events there, even if it's just during spooky season. And then another thing you can do is look up your actual state, because usually more times than not, you're just like a day trip away from something spooky. And I know... I get it. It's not Disneyland. It's not Universal Studios, but it's always like really fun to learn more about the places that you live in. I never expected that I would enjoy producing Haunted Ever After when we started it because history has never been my thing. But when I started to learn the history behind these haunted places, it was so cool for me to learn about the actual history of that city, like by learning about ghosts and scary stories i actually learned about some like really cool historical things that happened in the area i was living in so that's my haunt tip for the year is to like try to find the spooky and the magical in the things that you find mundane around you like they're there you just have to kind of have an open mind about it and i feel like that was a major rant so i'm finished with that but anyway my last tip is to prioritize self-scare i know i have been saying this a lot but Um, I just want to kind of like really make it a big part of my content because I need to make sure that I stick to it this year, if that makes sense. So while we're talking about self-scare, I figured it wouldn't be a new year episode if we didn't talk about some spooky resolutions or what you all are excited for in 2023. So Essie Zoon totally caught me off guard with her answer and I'm so excited and like, I guess... Honored that she was willing to share this with us. She said, to finally finish my novel and submit it to be published. It is a fantasy horror romance novel, end quote. I am so excited for this. And all I can say is, like, can I get an advanced reader copy? Or can I, like, give you feedback on it? I don't know. I'm so excited. And I, I'm i just genuinely here for it. So I'm wishing you the best of luck on that. Uh, too fond of Books said, I plan to read more classic spooky books, end quote. Yes okay this is such a great one you know I have always wanted to read the classic horror books but I find it really difficult to read them because of like the way the language has changed so much since they were written so I need to explore something like easier or like a way to indulge in this. Lelik said not exactly a resolution but I'm going to try and clock more spooky podcast listening hours end quote oh, you know, I love that one. <laughs> that is a great goal to have. Sorry, I think you guys can hear that I'm starting to like sound more congested as this goes on, which is crazy because I'm not sick, but I think it's just all of these winter changes that are affecting me. Um. Anyway, moving on, hauntingly cute mom said, be more of my spooky self without worry what others think, end quote. You know, I agree. Ugh thousand percent with that one um and it goes back to what we've been saying like everyone can be a different version of spooky what matters is to be your version of spooky because life is way too short to compromise on your spooky honestly um splash of spooky said mine is to work on my costume in the summer versus in october and quote oh my gosh this one is such a good one and it's so true because this is another great thing you can be using your January downtime to plan out as part of your spooky season is like figuring out what your costume's gonna be. Do you need to save money for it? Because costumes can become expensive, even if you are putting it together yourself. Um, so yeah, that's a great note. And then Essie Zoon also said she is excited about finding out what spooky movies and shows we're going to get, but also growing as an artist and novelist and also supporting wherever TGM and Mandy Spook's universe goes from here. End quote. That is so sweet. Thank you so much. Uh, But yeah, I think. As I mentioned, it's a really weird time right now, not knowing like what stuff is going to come out this year, because I don't know, I just feel like there was so much in 2022. There is no way they can top that, if that makes sense. There is no way Hollywood can top um, Hocus Pocus 2, Wednesday, The Monsters, Halloween, even though I hated it. Um, You know what I mean? So it's going to be an interesting year. And then Linda Audrey said, going to oddities flea market in Chicago, end quote. Uh, I love this one because this is also another element of a spooky lifestyle that I didn't even mention is the oddities part of it. I know there are so many people, especially in Denver as well, that are really into like oddities and the oddities and curiosities expo is so popular. But again, it's just one of those that is not my personal cup of tea, but I know so many of you love it, which is awesome. Um, I would say my spooky resolution is definitely to read more as well and truly prioritize self-scare because 2022 was my year um, of trying to explore what self-scare looks like for me and kind of like forcing myself into it, if that makes sense. And I think 2023 will be the year it takes priority over everything to ensure all these exciting new things I'm doing are sustainable. And I'm definitely most excited to work on the YouTube channel again. I was so broken at one point. I really thought that I was not going to return to YouTube at all. And I also worried about it being too much with the podcast now. But I'm so glad that Rudy's excited to own producing my videos and doing what he loves again behind the scenes. So I'm just really optimistic about the new year and how creative it's going to be. And if you girls want to hear about all the non-spooky resolutions you all have, as I mentioned, I'll be sharing some of those responses on my new year themed video on YouTube soon. I really want this channel to have the same sense of community that this podcast does moving forward. So I guess that's my humble way of saying I hope you all will support the channel and comment on there as well. I know the vibe I've put out on YouTube in the past has been very different, but I'm really hoping you all enjoy the more curated content I'm focusing on moving forward. So it is the moment I have been waiting for. If you're not binging with us, then you can't sit with us because it's time for Bloody Binge Worthy. If you're joining us for the first time, this segment is at the end of the show so that those who decide to binge Spooky TV with TV with me can hear me goal over the latest season we watched. You can always find what season is coming up in this in the show notes. Wow, guys, I'm like really out of practice. I think my voice is just getting really tired, to be honest. Um, so this month we binged The Vampire Diaries season five. <laughs> Sorry, I can hear it. I hope you guys are cool with it. We're almost done. Um, So this season was really draggy for me I don't know why I couldn't get into the whole Augustine vampire storyline and I don't think I got into it until about episode 15 to be honest which is like more than halfway through the season I was thinking about it and am I the only one who finds it really boring when Elena isn't dating someone like I don't know it's just not as entertaining when she's on a break from one of the Salvatore brothers but especially when she's not with Damon it's just like can you just please get back together already so we can like enjoy the show again And then moving on to the more positive, though, one of the biggest highlights of this season for me was when Catherine wasn't able to cross over to the other side. Like that scene was just so epic. I'm kind of worried that they haven't really clarified what happened to her because I really don't want her to come back anymore. When it first happened, me and Rudy thought she was being taken to hell, honestly. But with the whole other side unraveling and sucking people up, now I'm not sure if that's what happened to her. And is this going to be like the whole Thanos endgame situation where all the people who got snapped will end up being brought back eventually. Like, I don't know. I'm still waiting to see how that plays out long term, if that makes sense. And then can we talk for a moment about when stefan got killed you guys i gasped so hard i was not expecting that when you watch a show you kind of like have this assumption i guess that certain characters will never get killed off so obviously i had this optimism like he's a lead character they'll bring him back but also it was just such a plot twist to me so i don't know and of course Talk about a cliffhanger. I'm not gonna lie. The part that is about to come up in season six is something I do clearly remember from from my first time watching the show. And I've been so excited because it's my favorite part of the whole show. So I'm not going to share anything else for now. But that's all I've got on TVD <laughs> So Okay, I'm going to need your help, ghouls. I feel like the majority of us binging have already finished the series, but I want to be mindful of those who haven't, so I'm thinking for February 1st, we will cover seasons 6 and 7, and then the final season on March 1st. If this does not work for you, please DM me as soon as possible so I can put out a notice that the calendar is changing. But as of right now, plan for season six and seven on February 1st. And if you're wondering how you could be one of my lovely co-hosts, like I mentioned in today's episode, you can follow the show on Instagram at Not Another Spooky Podcast to participate in polls and questions for upcoming episodes. All right, ghouls. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you're feeling super excited about our community in 2023. I can't tell you how much magic a little engagement brings my way, whether it's a review on the podcast, a comment on a new YouTube video, or tagging anything I create on your stories. This transition is going to be hard to recover from on the algorithm, if I'm being honest. So I would really appreciate your support over the next few months. I promise to bring you all the magic, positivity and vulnerability and the spook that I can this year. So until next time, sending you goals and kisses. Bye.